And then on the other hand, the the most common and the highest proportion of worst memories had to do with embarrassment. So performing poorly in front of your peers, performing less than what you expected yourself to perform. Uh, also, to go along with embarrassment, there was a lot of what we call social physique anxiety. So uh, children and adolescents were worried about how they looked in front of their peers. So how does my body look if I'm overweight or if I'm a, uh, a child or an adolescent with obesity? Does, do I look weird in front of my peers? Are they, are they seeing that? Um, with fitness testing, for example, uh, do I look like I'm struggling uh, compared to the others in the class? So the, the highest proportion of worst memories had to do with embarrassment. This is the Fizet Cast. It's the class that got you off your ass. A new study suggests that our memories of gym class are connected to our feelings about exercise today. In other words, if you have positive memories of PE, you may be someone who looks forward to physical activity. On the other hand, if gym class reminds you that you were always picked last for the basketball team just because you weren't tall, then maybe you don't enjoy exercise. Scientists conducting the study hope that the findings would help today's kids develop good exercise habits and get them motivated. You may have seen this story or one like this on your local news channel, or you may have read about it in the New York Times. Either way, a recent study published by Matthew Ladwig and his colleagues from Iowa State University really has taken the physical education world and the wider world in general by storm. While the information contained in their study is not new information, especially to us physical educators, I was lucky enough to spend some time chatting earlier with Matt about the research they've done, plans for the future, and how this research can help physical educators as well as the wider community reframe their opinion of physical education. After you've listened to this episode, if any of the things that we spoke about resonate with you, I'd really love it if you could share this episode with not only other physical educators, but just your friends, your family, other people in your wider community. I think this conversation goes beyond just us in the phys ed community. And it's a conversation that needs to be uh, had and heard wider than our little circle. So please, 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 if you enjoy this episode, share it with somebody who you think could benefit. Maybe somebody who had a negative experience of physical education as a student, as a way of maybe opening a conversation and trying to change the way that they view their experiences. I hope you enjoy my chat with Matt Ladwig. I'm here right now with Matt Ladwig. Matt, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and sort of what you're doing right now? Yep, I'm a PhD candidate at Iowa State University um, in the United States. Um, currently uh, working on looking at the relationship between experiences with physical activity uh, during childhood and the influence that these experiences, either pleasant or unpleasant, may have on physical activity, behavior, and attitudes as an adult. 
Okay, great. So, I mean, before we get too much into your into your research, I mean, what was your experience of, of physical education or physical activity or like organized sport as a as a young person? Yeah, I had a, a really good experience uh, overall with PE and sport as a kid. Uh, I never, I, I honestly, I can, can't think of anything besides injuries that I would characterize as a bad memory. I was usually pretty successful. Um, but at the same time, I, I really did notice that other people weren't having as good of a time. Um, and that was uh, really, really stood out to me when in the U.S. anyway, you can opt out of physical education once you get to high school. Uh, so at, at that point, we were only seeing the the athletes in general that elected to take more physical education during high school. For sure. And, and what was it, do you think, about like your experience that made it positive? Was it the fact that you felt like you had the skills that you needed, that you were, you were athletic, or like what, what certain aspects, I guess, made that a, a positive experience for you? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely felt that I had the competence to, to do almost any sport or activity that was offered. Um, I, I usually was pretty competitive, so I was always looking to challenge myself. And honestly, when I was younger, I, I liked to show off a little bit. So if I could do well in front of my peers, then that was a, a driving factor for me. Okay, and, and you said you also noticed then that people around you maybe weren't having um, a positive experience. What, what sort of alerted you to that fact? Like what were you seeing in those, in those peers that led you to sort of believe that they weren't having a positive experience? Yeah, so I, I saw a lot of disengagement uh, among my peers. So one of the things that I know is not recommended anymore but was really popular even 10 years ago when I was in high school was dodgeball. Um, so quite often you'd see the kids that weren't the athletes were trying to get out right away during dodgeball so they didn't have to even uh, try or experience the embarrassment of the athletes kind of picking on them during PE. Um, also, in my uh, conversations that I had with ex-classmates over the years, uh, a lot of them really became, uh, PE to them really uh, became associated with the jocks and the athletes um, to, to so much of an extent that the these kid, these now adults were, were saying that even things like weightlifting were, were things for jocks and not for just normal people. So for, for them to break that association uh, is really difficult. And a lot of them, I know to this day, still struggle to engage because of these experiences that they had as children. For sure. So I, I'm guessing at some point in your in your professional journey, then um, it's led you to, to take upon this research. What was the sort of the driving force behind starting this research project? Yeah, so it wasn't at first directly concerned with PE. It was more concerned with physical activity in general among children. Um, and one of the things that we're really interested in in our lab is basically the the association that people form between the, the thought or the concept of physical activity and whether or not that is a pleasant or an unpleasant experience. So we kind of had a, of course, a lot of anecdotes out there that have suggested that um, you, when you look at kids, for example, and you interview them uh, during elementary school, a lot of those kids report that they really like physical education, 
and it, it seems to be enjoyable for the for the majority of them. But if you look at some research where, who have, who have um, interviewed middle schoolers, for example, that's when you really start to see uh, accumulations of, of negative experiences. Uh, so we had we had these anecdotes and we wanted to see really for the first time whether these anecdotes from children actually hold and may influence adult feelings about physical activity. So that was really the, this is kind of a, kind of a, a, a base study. So we're trying to lay a groundwork. Um, we're kind of, a, we were able to identify some issues that have long been suspected. Um, but I, I think at this point, there's a lot of data here that we may be able to start recommending some changes to the way that we do physical education. For sure. So, I mean, it sounds like you started on this this journey with that idea of physical activity being the the sort of catalyst for for the study. Did you find then through a lot of the anecdotes that you were receiving that that physical education class in particular was the the area of physical activity that people were talking about having that negative experience in, or was it like fairly uh, like evenly balanced between physical education class and say sports team experiences? So since we asked specifically about PE, most of the the memories that people gave us were um, had to do with PE. But at the same time, we had a lot of people mentioning that uh, their experiences in PE with sport turned them off to trying out for the basketball team, for example. Um, So there there definitely were some links between their PE experiences and then just their basic engagement with any other type of physical activity outside of the classroom. Okay, great. And so I guess you said that this is a, a, a base study in a sense and you're hoping to build off this. Are there any other like uh, studies out there that you know of or that you referred to in, in your work that have sort of like touched on this area? Yeah, so there was a uh, kind of a the small scale version that didn't, didn't necessarily look into as many questions as, as we did. Um, it was a 2013 study. Uh, we cite it in our, in our paper, uh, Cardinal, Jan and Cardinal. They, um, they looked at one question that we had, and it was basically only one or two questions. Um, they were asking people as adults whether or not they were picked first or last for teams as children. And they were looking at the association between answering yes or no to those questions and their current levels of physical activity. And they did find an association there where people that were picked, that reported being picked last for a team even one time as children were reporting less physical activity overall during the week. So that, that, that was kind of a, a much smaller scale study that was published a few years ago. Um, but we, we decided that we needed to build pretty, pretty heavily upon that um, because we, we thought that there were a lot more potential experiences that may be influencing how adults see physical activity. Okay, so then in terms of, I guess, expanding that, what sort of questions or what was the method that you that you took in terms of undertaking this this research? Yeah, so, so instead of just asking a dichotomous question, so a yes or no question about whether or not they had been picked first or last for a team ever, uh, we, we looked at the frequency of these experiences. Uh, we added a, a measure. We asked them to uh, basically look back upon their time as a child and to reflect on their enjoyment. Uh, of physical education. So there was an 18 item questionnaire that we devised, well, uh, kind of modified an existing questionnaire to, to target these uh, retrospective 
uh, evaluations of how they felt about physical education. Uh, and we also included questions about uh, their perceived level of embarrassment in physical education. So how often or not often they perceived that they were feeling embarrassed in physical education. Uh, and then we had a quite a, quite a long uh, questionnaire on their attitudes toward physical education currently as adults um, and also their intentions for physical activity. So whether or not they were planning to engage in physical activity over the next week and the the outcome data that we were also looking at was their current physical activity levels and we used a a validated questionnaire about that and we specifically focused on leisure time physical activity so what they do in their spare time uh, and also on their sedentary behavior which was measured by how much they sit during the week and on the weekend Okay, so I guess you've you've asked the people that have undertaken this this study all of these questions. What was the like? Was it overwhelmingly negative the the responses that came back, or was it a, a mix of a positive and negative? So it was definitely a, a mix. Um, I think we had about an equal yeah we had about an equal number of people reporting best and worst memories. So um, yeah, it, it was fairly split down the middle. Um, but one of the interesting things that we highlighted and one of the, one of the things that we highlighted directly in the title, uh, was that for some people, their best memories were when it was over with. So kind of going back to my experience 10 years ago in high school PE, um, there, there are quite a, quite a few people out there. It seems that really liked the uh, opportunity to get out of PE, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So um, if we're talking about sort of best memories and worst memories, like, can you give me some examples, I guess, first of what some of the best memories that the people talked about and the, the things that they, they sort of mentioned were, were highlights for them? And then on the other side, what were some of the, the key um, themes running through the, the worst memories? Yeah, so the, the most common best memory had to do with uh, displaying a level of perceived competence, either to themselves or in front of their peers. So performing well at whatever the activity was or the sport um, in front of their peers, or for example, kind of their own intrinsic uh, goal. So we had someone, for example, that said that their best memory was when they were able to swim the entire length of the swimming pool, uh, 25 meters. So kind of, kind of both aspects, both the peer, people are looking at me aspect and also the, the individual goal aspect um, and then on the other hand, the, the most common and the highest proportion of worst memories had to do with embarrassment. So performing poorly in front of your peers, performing less than what you expected yourself to perform. Uh, also, to go along with embarrassment, there was a lot of what we call social physique anxiety. So uh, children and adolescents were worried about how they looked in front of their peers. So how does my body look if I'm overweight or if I'm a, a, a child or an adolescent with obesity? Does, do I look weird in front of my peers? Are they, are they seeing that? Um, with fitness testing, for example, uh, do I look like I'm struggling uh, compared to the others in the class? So the, the, the highest proportion of worst memories had to do with embarrassment 
Sure, and I guess was there something that I guess is a is a always an ongoing topic for for phys ed teachers as well is the idea of um of students having to to dress out in a in a, a PE kit. Was that mentioned at all in terms of people's worst memories having to having to wear a PE kit and um the social physique anxiety around that? Yeah, so that was another common uh, theme under the embarrassment theme. So uh, changing out, people would complain about it was uncomfortable or it was uh, too revealing. And then on top of that, they would talk about the, so if they had to shower off afterwards, that that was a bad experience for a lot of people because they either were embarrassed about the way that they looked or they had a lack of privacy and they just wanted more privacy and they couldn't get it. Um or if they didn't have the opportunity to to take a shower after physical education, they may have you know been sweaty and stinky all day, and they they didn't enjoy that experience either. For sure. And then I guess like my last question around around those memories and the data you collected is: was there any I guess mention of the role that the PE teacher played in in that that negative um, aspect? Yeah, there, there definitely were some mentions of PE teachers um, uh, using physical activity for punishment, for example, um, uh, criticizing students in front of the class, uh, making fun of students' appearances in front of the class. Uh, we, we had one participant that mentioned that their physical education teacher uh, told them that they needed to run laps uh, because they needed it. Uh, supposedly, so they may have been overweight at that time, and the PE teacher was drawing attention to that in front of the whole class. Okay, for sure, and I guess like I mean, the, the research that you've you've published, it, it seems to have um, I guess taken on a life of its own. It's been featured in the New York Times. It's I, I saw recently there was uh, that was was spoken about on on Fox News, and it's it's <laughs> definitely caught the attention of not only the physical ed- education world, but I guess the the larger world in general what have you what's been the response i guess to to the publishing of this of this research yeah it was definitely more than we expected um we were hoping that it would generate conversation because we we really feel that this is an area that really needs uh kind of an introspective moment so uh we we are learning quite a bit more about ways that we could improve this experience for children um and we're, we're really happy happy to see it. Um, we're also happy that there, it's been generally positive uh, from especially the practitioners that I've had been able to interact with and the, the researchers that we've been able to interact with. It's been positive. So that that kind of tells tells us that this is something that's understood by a lot of, a lot of people out there, uh, especially among those practitioners that are certified and are, are really interested in always improving their, their pedagogy. Um, so we're happy to see that and we, we hope that we can continue to build on it because it, it's going to take an army uh, of support to actually change things, especially in the United States. Yeah, and I think like as a, as a phys ed practitioner, I think it's, you know, it's something that the, I guess if you want to call it the new wave of, of physical education teachers, people that are really committed to delivering meaningful physical education experiences to their, to their students, it, we know that this... Um, sort of these memories exist because every single time you you go somewhere and you meet someone and they ask you what you do and you say oh, I'm a physical education teacher more often than not their initial response is oh I hated I hated gym class when I was when I was young yep. um, it, it, it's such a common response to 
people asking you what you do for a job. So I think that this research that you've done is, is really important because I think it's going to, I guess, legitimize or start those conversations um, with key stakeholders mm-hmm. that may start hopefully to show the the wider population that actually there are a lot of people out there right now that are really committed to to changing the attitudes of um, the the wider population around physical activity and I think hopefully through work that's being done that if you were to do this study again in 20 or 30 years that maybe those um, incidences of people reporting really negative experiences in physical education would be would be much lower um, so I think that's why, I guess, from the, from the physical education standpoint and the people that are, I guess, very passionate about what we do, that this research has, has really helped us to, I guess, mm-hmm. start those conversations. Um, you talked about, I guess, moving further with this research. What, what sort of the next steps for, for you guys in terms of this research? So uh, I'm currently working on my dissertation. So I have a couple studies lined up. That I hope that I are going to be a component of my dissertation. Um, so one of the things we're also really interested in, and one bad experience that was identified quite a bit uh, in this survey was exper- poor experiences with fitness testing. So we're really interested in understanding how children respond to uh, fitness testing. So think of the the twenty meter shuttle run or the pacer test. Uh, where we're basically asking children and adolescents to push themselves to their maximal aerobic capacity. Um, That was a a pretty common theme among adults was that this was an unpleasant experience and something that they dreaded. Uh, But we're, we're really interested in seeing how, what, how kids and adolescents respond to these types of physical activities that incrementally push you to harder and harder intensities. Um, There are data out there that are showing that in general children, if you, if you, for example, try to measure their maximal aerobic capacity in in the lab, most of the time you can't identify uh, a VO2 max, which is the indicator of uh, maximal um, capacity. So um, we're we're really trying to see the mechanisms behind that uh, because unfortunately, the, the research that is out there has shown that if you if you expect a child to incrementally increase their intensity, it's it's foreign to them. So it, it doesn't match the way that they move naturally. So typically among kids and young adolescents, you, you, you see a drop in the way that they feel right from the get-go because it's just not something that they do naturally. And it's not something that they have the resources to deal with. So as, as adults, we, we can really bite down and, and try to persevere in those situations. Um, and, we, and we really rely on a, a part of the brain, the, the prefrontal cortex, to do that. And children, of course, that's the, the last area to, to develop. Um, so one of the studies that I'll be doing for my dissertation is looking at whether the level of activation in this area of the brain is actually a key regulator in uh, children being able to push themselves in these types of tests that we that we put them through without necessarily questioning whether they're uh, really developmentally appropriate for a lot of kids and ad- children and adolescents. 
Um, so we're hoping to show potentially and kind of give some data to, to kind of either continue to advocate for some type of fitness testing, or if we see that children just children and young adolescents just can't handle this very well and it really produces a lot of displeasure, uh, it may be time to rethink the necessity to have fitness testing um, because it may really create a lot of negative experiences a lot, um, among a lot of children. Yeah, for sure. And I think coming from a practitioner standpoint, you know, you mentioned earlier that idea of um, that the, if you ask an elementary student, then, then the enjoyment level is is normally high and that you found that there was quite a drop off in middle school. And, and that probably correlates pretty directly with when pretty serious fitness testing kicks in. Um, and I think obviously people are in situations, particularly in the United States, where it's mandated that they complete certain fitness testing and that that's tied to students' grades or to teachers' performance outcomes. But like you say, the, the data and the, the research shows that, you know, like kids at that age aren't going to be able to perform certain fitness tests. And, and in a, uh, a wider thing, I mean, I, I challenge anyone out there as an adult, I don't go on fitness tests myself on an ongoing basis. I'm pretty sure most of the people I know don't go and run a pacer test or do a sit and reach test or, um, you know, do a VO2 max test on a regular basis because it's not meaningful to us as people that are wanting to be active in the world. So why we spend so much time focusing on things like that as a part of our physical education curriculums is so bizarre to me. Um, I feel like if our goal is to want kids to be active and to want them to engage in movement that's meaningful to them in their situation, and then we spend so much time worrying about fitness test scores, then of course we're having, we're seeing um, adults that are becoming disengaged when they're, when they're in their adolescent phases because we're not trying to engage them in the types of activities that they're interested in and the types of activities that they're going to want to be interested in as they move into adulthood. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the U.S. especially, we, we have a, a, a real preoccupation with uh, quantifiable results. So like you said, it, teachers' evaluations depend a lot on it. The, the state funding depends a lot on these scores. And when you when you create an environment that's focused solely on performance and results for tests, especially with physical activity, you have a a situation that's going to create a lot of negativity for a lot of kids. And it doesn't matter whether it's physical education. I'm sure it's the same as if you, if you go into another field like math or or English literature or anything like that. If you say to the kids, "We're going to test you on this now," then that's going to create anxiety and it's going to create negative feelings and emotions and when they get out into the real world this their bosses aren't saying to them hey hang on a second you're going to sit down and write this math test right now they want to know that you know you have the skills and the knowledge and the understanding the attitudes to be able to just implement those things so if we're talking about physical education i think we're talking about you know being confident and competent to move in a variety of ways so that you can be active and enjoy those social interactions with friends and family and, and, and people within your community. So um, I hope that through the research that you've, you've done and the research that, that is upcoming for you, that like, like I said, that that helps to support all the things that, that people, I guess, in the physical education community are already sort of know, and it helps to encourage those 
conversations to to continue and, and particularly with people outside of that physical education bubble because I feel like often we're in this bubble and we, we all know um, that these things are happening but how do we we get that out to to the wider the wider community um, I guess I, I'm, I'm sort of conscious of time because I try to keep these podcasts to about 30 minutes um, so I guess I wanted to, I guess, speak to you a little bit before we go about how do you think um, practitioners can use this research to support what they're doing in their physical education programs? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, so we have provided some actual tangible evidence for the, for them to use, um, especially among those in the U.S. We, it's a very representative group, it seems to be, um, especially kind of uh, looking at the, the responses that we've seen to the New York Times article, for example, um, there's almost 500 comments on there. Um, there. There are a lot of people reflecting the, the same t- kinds of responses that we found uh, in this study. So really, we do, we do have this tangible evidence that they may be able to use to, you know, to say, you know, we, the, the data is really starting to add up, um, you know, for example, Fitness testing is is experienced as unpleasant by a lot of people, and now we know that there is influence throughout. You know, even decades later, if you have unpleasant experiences in physical education, you may also have uh, less positive outcomes as an adult. Um, yeah, uh, we 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 give quite a few recommendations that are some of them are are definitely. Uh, probably implemented in some respect by a lot of PE professionals, um, but really this the, the the crux of the argument is really f- moving the 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 concept of pleasure and enjoyment and positive emotionality really to the top uh, of the list uh, because really the the research that we conduct and and the way that the the health research literature is going is that. Really, you can educate people, you can give them the skills to be active, for example, and if they don't automatically kind of associate that behavior with pleasure or enjoyment, or if they don't think that they're going to experience pleasure or enjoyment during that activity, it's much less likely that they're actually going to engage in that activity. Yeah, and I think it, it relates really well with the the work of, of Scott Kretschmar around joy and delight. And I was just speaking yesterday with uh, Dr. Tim Fletcher from Brock University here in Canada, and he's doing some some really important work with, with his colleagues, uh, Deirdre Necronin and Stephanie Benny, around meaningful physical education and identifying, you know, that students want or that they're finding that for, for students to find physical education meaningful it needs to be personally relevant it needs to elicit some form of joy it needs to be challenging all of these things and I think that the research that that you are doing and and you didn't do this research alone you did this research with with some colleagues who are the the people that you worked with this on yeah my uh my, my colleagues are both from Iowa State also um Spiridu Lavazu who's a an associate professor in the department of kinesiology and my doctoral advisor uh Patty Ekakakis he's a professor in the department as well yeah for sure so i want to obviously um recognize the work that, that they have done on that as well and, and that this is a real a real team effort but i think that there is a lot of research that's starting to be 
I guess, talked about around this idea of, of how do we make sure that what we're doing is, is really helping the students that are that are in our care and how can we make that those experiences meaningful so that then hopefully that leads to to more active um adulthoods so um thank you so much for for chatting with me i know that this is a really hot topic right now and i really appreciate you you taking the time to to speak with me on here um if people want to find out more about the research that that you're doing where would you suggest that they go and, and how can they get in contact with, with you and and the people that you're working with uh they could uh contact me through twitter if they'd like um my uh username is m underscore a underscore Ladwig, L-A-D-W-I-G, uh, or they could contact me directly at uh, my university email, which is M-A-Ladwig, L-A-D-W-I-G, at iastate.edu. For sure. And I think that one of the really important things that, that you guys are doing is, you know, this research that, uh, that you've put out around, uh, you know, my best memory was when I was done with it. Um, is is right now fairly accessible online. You can read the research and you can access it. And um, I think that's really important because there are a lot of practitioners and there are a lot of people out there that are really interested in using research to support um, what they know is best practice and to continue to have those conversations with key stakeholders around making sure that we're really trying to to change the perception of, of physical education for for the wider community. So I thank you and and um, your colleagues for for that and for making this research readily available to everybody. I really highly recommend if you haven't had a chance to read the research to to go and check it out. I know there are a lot of newspaper articles and and stuff that really summarise the work that you've done, but I think it's also valuable to actually go and actually read the full uh, research paper and and um, and sort of get a, a more holistic picture of exactly how you went about the the study and and what you found out, and to take a look at look at that data, and then hopefully if if that's something that's going to help support any of the people that are listening to this to um, speak to to key stakeholders about changing certain things, whether it be you know starting a conversation about why. Um, there's a mandate to fitness test in, in certain school districts or at a state level or at a national level, then, then hopefully that can be something that um, people can do. I think um, at the end of the day, what, what we all want, I think what you guys want as, as a research team and what we want as a physical education community is just happy, healthy kids that enjoy being active. And, and, um, and so research like this, I think, is, is really important in, in helping support that. So um, thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time to, to join me today on the Phys Ed cast. Um, and yeah, if you want to reach out to Matt, he's giving you the contact details there. If you Google um, my best memory and peers um, when it was over, I'm sure you'll find the research article there, but I'll be sure to include um, links to the article in the show notes for this episode. So Matt, thanks so much for, um, for taking the time to speak with me. And I really look forward to seeing where this research goes and I guess, the next steps in, in your research. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode with Matt Ladwig. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and that uh, you got something out of it. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, if you did enjoy it, please, please, please feel 
free to share it with with somebody who you think may benefit from listening to it, whether they be a physical education teacher or whether they be somebody who has nothing to do with physical education whatsoever. As I said, I think this conversation is is larger than just our little phys ed bubble. So the more people that can hear it, the more people that can start talking about it and engaging in this conversation, the better it's going to be in the long term, not only for us as physical educators, but more importantly for the students that we teach um, who will soon become adults and hopefully will not have the same experiences that maybe some of the adults of our generations and the generations before us have had. Thank you again for listening to the Phys Ed Cast. Uh, this episode wasn't uh, scheduled to be released right now. We had a few other episodes, an episode with Melanie Levenberg from Dance Play, which was scheduled to be released next, and a few other episodes up. However, I felt that this topic um, and this research was very much at the forefront of a lot of people's minds right now. So I wanted to get this conversation out um, and share it with you so it can become a part of that larger conversation that's taking place online um, and in the wider community right now. So we'll be back to regular programming very soon. Our next episode will be with Melanie Levenberg from Dance Play. It's a fantastic episode. I really look forward to sharing that one with you. Um, And as always, I'd like to also thank our podcast sponsors, dronelabs.ca, a leading uh, supplier of DJI, DJI drones here in Canada. If you're interested in finding out more about drones, you can head to dronelabs.ca. Until next time, my name is Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com. This has been the Phys Ed Cast. Thanks for listening.